You know, you've heard it said, laughter's the best medicine. I found a quote from a doctor. He said, smiling is free therapy. All right, when you guys are going through a hard time, and you guys are struggling, smiling, a funny joke, a comical movie, smiling, laughing, makes you forget about everything else for that moment of time. There's just something about smiling. And I love smiling. It's, it's just something I love to do. All right, I enjoy it. I enjoy walking around with just being happy about life. I enjoy with the smile on my face. Now, I understand that we're all not going to be smiling 24-7, okay? But I really enjoy to try to keep a smile on my face. And the one thing that I've learned is that God's in control of our tough times. God's in control of the times that we're kind of doubting. God's in control when we're not always so happy, when things go wrong. So smile. Because God is in control. God can move mountains. You can't. We can with God. God can do it. So, when I was growing up, people would always say, Joe, why are you always smiling? Why are you happy? Or, why you, you laugh at everything. Why? And I don't really know. I mean, I just, I just, I like to have a good time. And I just laugh. I, it could be really something stupid. All right? But I enjoy it. And then we were playing, you know, I used to play uh, football, two-hand touch in the street with my cousin. And we would play, you know, sometimes I'd fall and scrape my knee or whatever and uh, put a hole in my clothes. But I'd get up just ready to go, excited to keep playing. And he's like, why are you still smiling? You just fell. You just busted your knee, whatever. I was like, I don't know. I'm just excited to be alive. I'm excited for life. I had a basketball coach in college. His name was John Mack. And he would pray before every basketball game. We'd all huddle up. And the very first part of his prayer was this. Thank you, God, for waking us up today, giving us a new day to live. When he first opened up that way, that hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like, wow, God, you woke me up this morning. And think about that. It makes you think about the people that didn't wake up this morning. It makes you think about the fact that you were given another 24 hours or at least that very moment of time, that second, to be alive here. That's exciting to me. That's like, wow. God, you love me so much that you're going to give me another opportunity to make a difference. And if we do that, you'll be smiling. If you think about God sent his son Jesus down the cross for you and I, So we might inherit this amazing reward called heaven. I mean, where there's no worries. There's no trials. There's nothing but eternal bliss. It's like, yes, we made it. And all we have to do is believe in God. All we have to do is believe in Jesus, and we get this eternity forever in heaven, where streets are paved with gold, where it doesn't rain. All right? That's all we have to do. That's something to be exciting about. That's something like, wow, I'm getting heaven. I'm not just sitting here, bumming out wherever we're at. There's more to life than this. Thank the good Lord. Okay? You can be so depressed. You can put yourself in your bedroom. You can put yourself on a couch, on a bed, put the TV on, and you could literally become depressed in a matter of seconds by what you're watching on television. You could literally become, oh, It's not fun anymore around here. And then you start being depressed, man. Why am I going to get up? 
Why am I going to do anything? But man, why we keep going? Why, when the world seems like it's going to cave in on you, why we keep going is because God created me. God gave me this day to say, hey, let's show people about God's love. Let's go show people that, hey, you don't have to worry about what's going on. Just think about the future where you're about to go. That in itself would make you excited. That in itself makes you happy. So I've definitely adopted that into my prayer life. Every time I pray, I open up with that. Because it makes me realize that today is a gift from God. Without God, I wouldn't be here this morning. The very least, we should be happy to be alive. The very least, we should thank God for what He's doing. So, growing up, my mom is, some would say, a Jesus fanatic. All right? She is, I mean, like, Jesus, 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 always Jesus, Jesus. You should be praying, you should be crying at the altar, all this other stuff. And it's like, okay, mom, that's cool, I understand that, but man, can, I, can we just be excited about God for a second? Can we just, like, laugh? And I love her, but she's still her way, and that's cool. But one thing that always, I was like, Mom, are you serious? Like, when you, when you take a picture, all right? When you take a picture, you say, one, two, three, what? Cheese, okay? So, and when you say cheese, you're supposed to what? Smile, yay, okay? So, we're going to take a picture this morning, because I really want all you guys to smile, all right? I want you guys to be excited. You're in the house of God. You know, there's people around the world that meet in like little huts for church. What you guys have? There's people around the world that don't have a building of a church. They're outside. So at the very least, we could say thank God for this building, protecting us from the rain that was out there. Okay? But I want you all to be smiling this morning. I want you to be excited to be here. So at least if I see your face here and smiling, that's awesome. It's going to make me a whole lot less nervous. But like I said, man, when we say one, two, three, I don't want to say cheese, though, because my mom's crazy and she did this way. I love her to death. Okay, on the count of three, we're not going to say cheese. We're going to say, we're going to scream out loud, Jesus. That's how it was. That's how it was growing up. And that's embarrassing sometimes. As a teenager, you got your mom's out. Okay, say Jesus. It's like, Mom, seriously. But needless to say, people always knew my mom that she loved Jesus. And in, in reality, isn't that all we're supposed to do? So, here we go. On the count of three, I need you all to scream out, Jesus. One, two, three. Jesus! Awesome. Very good. Now that I got you guys smiling. Didn't that feel good? That little smile? Even if you didn't laugh, just a smile on your face. It makes you like, hey, that's cool. So, here we go. Psalms 118, verse 24, reads this. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We should be rejoicing. You know, I woke up this morning and uh, we're checking out of the hotel. I have to pack up the car and stuff. And I mean, it's been pretty decent weather here. And it's raining. 6.30 in the morning. I'm like, God, seriously. Why did you have to do that? Not nah, load the car, the luggage and all that stuff in the rain. So, but then I started thinking, God's like, well, what about the verse you're about to preach on? Psalms 118, about rejoicing the Lord because today's the day. It's like, all right, God, you're right. So I say, okay, God, I'm just, I'm glad to be alive. I'm glad to be alive. I'm glad I could see the rain. I'm glad I'm here. So rejoice 
It's a new day. Smile, because God's in control. Father God, I just pray that everything that comes out, Lord God, that you would just hit the hearts of everyone in here. That when they leave this place, Lord God, they'll know that they heard from you this morning. In your precious name, amen. So, I know we don't always smile. I know we go through hard times. I'd be, I'd be ignorant to think. They're always like this every morning. Waking up in the morning, just putting a, a cheesy smile on. All right? We are emotional beings. We go with difficult times. Sometimes we're happy. Sometimes we're sad. Sometimes we cry. Sometimes we get frustrated and angry. Okay? We are like that. But the problem is when we become like that through our circumstance, are we staying focused on all of that? Are we staying sad? Are we staying frustrated? Are we staying depressed? Because if we are, we're focusing on our problem, our trial, and we totally forgot about God. When we remember about the joy that God gives us, one song, Oh Happy Day, He washed our sins away. That in itself should put a smile on your face. So whenever we stop and think about, okay, Am I focusing on my trial more than I am God? Because if I am, that's why I'm so sad. That's why I'm so upset. So we are going to go through hard times. And your hard time might be losing a job. Your hard time might be when, you, when you're praying to God, God, help my child to start going after God, and all of a sudden your child is running towards the world. That's frustrating. Your hard time might be finances. You might not have enough money to pay bills, to buy food. Your hard time might be a loss of a loved one. Your hard time might be that you're failing a class in school. We all have different types of trials, different types of hard times, but we all go through something. We all go through this testing process, these trials that can weigh us down. Now, I don't expect you to be, yes, I lost my job. Thank you, boss. You're awesome. Or, yes, I can't pay my bills. Or, yes, no more paychecks. Can't buy food, so I guess I'm going on a diet. I don't expect that to happen. And I don't think God expects that to happen. But it's when we just think about, I lost my job. And you start like, almost throwing yourself a little pity party for a little while. For days, and weeks, and months, and maybe years. What are you doing to yourself? Is that where God wants you to be? God is testing you for something. You lost your job? Well, somehow dig deep and say, God, you're in control. And put a smile on your face. Say, thank you, God, because you know what's about to happen. Thank you for the advance of what's about to take place. If you can get to that point, your trials would become really a walk in the park. Because you're like, man, God's got everything in control. But we are emotional, we are going to struggle. But don't let them weigh you down. Don't let you weigh you down. Now, let's see what, how we're supposed to react. Well, let's look to the Word of God. I don't want you to take my words from it. I want you to listen to what God has to say. In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, reads this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I'm going to reread that real fast. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Pure joy when you're going through trials. Pure joy 
Because God's testing your faith. Pure joy, because through the testing of faith, you'll develop perseverance. And eventually, through joy, the testing of your faith, through perseverance, you won't lack anything. You'll have everything God had desired for you to have. You won't lack anything. Now, testing of your faith, we don't like to be tested. We're like, God, you know, let's just, I don't know, live in a fairy tale that you know, because you're a Christian, everything happens perfectly. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Although that's a very big misconception that when you come to God, oh, the God's supposed to fix all your problems all at once. Now, sometimes it does happen, but be prepared because it might take some time because it's the testing of faith that makes you persevere through the hard times. The joy, the smile on your face is going to make you realize that, wow, I really didn't deserve to be alive anyway. I, you know, I didn't create me. God said, you know what? I want to make a Joe Callie. I want to make a Becky Hicks. That's my wife's uh, name uh, before we got married, obviously. Okay? God said, I want to make each and every one of you. You never said, hey, God, you think about creating me one day? No. God has a plan for you. He woke you up this morning. So think about that. When you're going through your trials, man, it's for your own good. It's for you to say, God, I want to come to the point where I'm not lacking anything. I want to come to the point that when people look at me, they'll say, what's different about you? If we all walked out of this place, put a huge smile on, because you're excited about God. And you walked out of this place, you went to wherever you went, go to lunch, go uh, hang out with some friends or whatnot. Somebody would come across you and say, why are you still smiling? What's, what's up? Someone's going to ask you, why? And all you'd have to say is, I'm smiling because God's in control. I'm smiling because God saved me. What a great opportunity to start witnessing. And the Bible says that they should know that we're Christians by our love. You can't be loving if you're walking around with all, man, just whatever. You can't be loving. You can't possibly tell people about Jesus and how much he loves us if we're just always depressed, if we're always upset. But man, you put a smile on your face, people want to talk to you. Put a smile on your face, it's inviting. It's like, oh, okay, that's cool. We can talk. All right? Smile. Because God's in control. You aren't. I'm not. Thank the good Lord. Okay? But God's got everything happening for a reason. Who are you really depending on? And like Pastor Steve said, trusting in God is where it's at. Trusting in God. And how can you trust in God if everything is just perfect all the time? Who are you trusting in? Probably yourself. Your job, your money, whatever it is. Okay? But when you go through the hard times, it makes you realize... I want to trust God. I don't want to trust my job. I don't want to trust the world to take care of my problems. I want to trust God. That's where your faith should be lying. Smile. During the hard times, it's hard. But believe and thank God for what's about to happen in advance. Paul and Silas, they're two missionaries. Go to Acts chapter 16, verse 22. Paul and Silas, they were two missionaries. They just delivered a slave girl from demon possession. Now that made the slave girl's owner very upset. So they start 
telling people and start calling the officials and saying, man, this person, blah, blah, blah. So, slave girl owners are upset. Here we pick it up on verse 22. It says this, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. The magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So, Paul and Silas, weren't they just doing the work of the Lord? Weren't they just praying? Weren't they just preaching the gospel? Weren't they just healing somebody? And all of a sudden, what happens? They get beat. They get stripped. They get thrown in jail. And then, let's lock up your legs too. Let's put you in stocks so you can't move. What would you be thinking in your mind? What would be going through your mind? I know what would be going through my mind. I can almost guarantee you'd be saying the same thing. Why, God? Why? Or, God, seriously, I'm done with ministry. Seriously, I'm done praying for people. Because if this is where it's going to take me, I'm done. What would be going on in your mind? Maybe, you know what, God? I don't even know what to do anymore. Maybe you're worried about like, oh man, am I ever going to get out? Am I going to die in here? Am I ever going to see my family again? Paul and Silas, they were different. They took this situation and somehow did something different. Somehow didn't let the people, the world, destroy them. I mean, talk about a tough time. I don't know if you guys have been beaten lately, but it's going to hurt. All right? I don't know if you've ever been whipped before, but you're going to start bleeding. Okay? I don't know if you've ever been thrown in jail before, but it's not a fun place to be in. All right? And then imagine being your legs to being locked so you can't move. That's frustrating. That's very frustrating. All right? But let's see what Paul and Silas do. And in verse 25 is where we pick up. It says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. About midnight... They were praying and singing hymns to God. How many guys through your hard times have prayed to God before? Okay? We got that down pat. That's the first person you run to. Why, God? How many guys have ever sang to God, rejoiced, while you're going through your hard times? How many guys said, yes, God, you're amazing, you're awesome, you're wonderful, you're powerful, you're, you're higher, you're stronger, when... You're in that trial. Very difficult. Very difficult to smile and be excited about something when you've just totally been thrown in jail, humiliated in front of everybody, beaten. Very difficult. Remember back in James where it says, consider it pure joy. Paul and Silas had the pure joy. They had the, who cares what happens to me right now? Because I know God gave me the opportunity to deliver a young girl. And if that's all I'm supposed to do, then by all means, I did it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But they said, God, you're awesome. I just envisioned them just singing. And the cool thing about it is through their tough times, through their trials, they sang. And while they sang, if you continue the rest of the verse, it says, and the other prisoners were all listening to them. So during their hard times, they prayed and sang, And what else did they do? They were witnessing. Talk about a testimony. 
talk about the inmates being like, who are these cats over there? They're crazy. Singing songs? In jail? About a God? Like, well, <laughs> there is no God. Look at you. What do you think was going on through their minds? But Paul and Silas got it. He said, man, God, you're awesome. I know this seems like horrible. Yeah, I know it seems like we're about to die. But you know what, God? Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunities that you've given to me. Guys, like I said, man, we're going to go through hard times. We're going to go through struggles. It's what you do through the hard times. Like Pastor Steve has said, make a decision once. Make a decision once and make it last forever. Don't always revisit it. When you go through the hard times, remember that, oh, that's right, last time I gave it to God and He saw me through. Oh, that's right, last time I gave it to God and I got a better job, paying better, benefits better. Thank God for what's about to happen. It's when you do that, those trials and and things go away. And I have a student right now, he's struggling with the situation, and I said, okay, have you read the Bible? He's like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm trying to you know, hit that hard. He's learning stuff. Have you been praying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it hit me like a ton of it. He said, have you been singing any songs to God? Have you put on a worship song? Have you just started to soak in God's presence? Have you just cried out to God and, and with all every ounce he brings and saying, thank you for delivering me? He's like, no. I said, buddy, I tell you right now, I don't know how long it's going to be, but man, if you could speak to it and say, thank you, God, for carrying me through this right now while you're in the midst of it, I guarantee you, you'll stop looking at the problem and you start looking at God. And then the problem would go away and you'll look back years by now like, holy cow, I don't even struggle with that. That trial was, that was me? Look where I am today. But so many of us are so worried about, oh no, we're fighting all the time. Uh, Whatever it is, you're going through hard times. The world's got to stop. That's not the case. It's not the case. That's the testing of your faith to make you persevere so you lack absolutely nothing. So you go after God. And then um, check it out. What happens after you praise God while you're in the midst of your trial? Verse 26 says this. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains were loose. You want to see deliverance? You want to see answered prayers? You want to see miracles? Go after God in your hard times. And your chains will be loosed. And not only yours, but the people around you would see the effect. The people around you are like, wow, I want what that guy's got. I want what that young lady's got. I want to start talking to them. That's what it's all about. Can you do that, though? Can you do that? That's that's so hard. But if you can make that decision, like Pastor Steve, one time, you won't have to revisit again. And you'll be going through trials and, and hard times. I wouldn't say you're like a cakewalk, like perfect all the time. But when you start to see yourself get really high, strung, and upset and frustrated you'll start to say, oh, wait a second. I'm not supposed to be doing this. This is how I'm supposed to be acting. Or when you get really down and upset and sad and start crying, depressed, oh, wait a second. This isn't what God has for me. 
I'm supposed to be smiling. I'm supposed to be excited about life, a new day. We're going to cry, but let's not focus on that. My son, we had an incident when my son was a year and a half. He had a fever, so we put him to bed because he fell asleep. We were holding him, he fell asleep. Put him to bed, called the doctor, pediatrician, and they said, as long as he's sleeping, he's okay. It's okay. First son, I don't know anything. Uh, I'll be the first to admit it. So, put him down, he's sleeping. In the middle of the night, we hear him crying. So I get up, and as soon as I almost walk into the door, I hear a, a thump. And I'm like, what was that? So I walk in, and there's my son lying on, in his bed, having a seizure. And I'm just like, I quickly picked him up, Held him close. I said, I yelled out to Becky, call 911. We need something. Um, and then all of a sudden, I grabbed him. And as I'm doing that, I'm walking out of my house to the front door. And Becky's like, what are you doing? And I said, i got to get him to the hospital. And she's like, the ambulance is coming. Stop, Joe, stop. You, you've got to stop. They're coming. They'll be here any second. So thank God for her because I would have been driving him in my lap. Down the, I'm 45 minutes from a hospital. I'd be driving down the road with him in my lap. But... I had him in my arms, and I was just like, holy cow. I put him to bed. Yeah, he had a fever, but he was okay. And now he's having a seizure, which I know could really, your life from that point on could be totally changed. And I'm just like, God, what's going to happen? Ambulance gets there. He puts him on, we put him on the couch. He's laying down. He starts to calm down. And then, like, I can't think straight, so I don't even remember getting into the ambulance. But got into the ambulance with him, and as we're on the way, there he is, my son, just lying down. And I just start, I was, like, I was like, God, I need your help. I was like, I'm sitting here praying, God, help him stop you know, having a seizure and all that stuff. But yet, I'm like, God, you know what, you're in control. So he got the test done on him and all that stuff. Lo and behold, it was, uh, I forget the name of it, but I think it's a cerebrality, fibrality, something, who knows. There you go. All right. And as little did I know that those types of seizures are meant to protect your body from shutting down, from having brain damage. So here I am. I'm like, God, help him. To, you know, I picked him up and said, God, help him to stop. Help him to stop. My prayers, my son would have been dead. Okay? But God was in control. And it wasn't until I got into that ambulance I realized, you know what, God, I can't do anything. So all I have to do is give it up to you. And praise God, he hasn't had another one. Praise God, there's been no side effects. But man, talk about testing your faith. Talk about that has got to be the hardest thing that I've been through. On the verge of, you know, something's wrong with my son. Dad, you want to do everything for your kids to protect them as much as you can. But man, I was just like, holy cow. But when I realized, Joe, calm down. You know that God's in control. You know God's got a plan. And at that point, everything is like just, all right, God, you know what's best. And when I found that out about the seizures, I was like, whoa, I was blown away. God, you're, you really do know what's best. It's like, you're right. So imagine if you would stop worrying about your trials. Imagine if you started to focus on God. Imagine if you started to rejoice and sing praises in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your hard times. The miracles that would take place would be infinite. The testimonies that you'd be able to tell people about would be endless. 
Because people would walk up to you and say, why are you always smiling? Well, just thank God for another day to live. Just thank God for saving my soul from hell. I just thank God. Imagine if we were able to do that. So my challenge to you this morning is this. Smile. God's in control. Even though you don't feel like it. You try to put a smile on your face. Your life can start getting better. Your trials will start to disappear. And God's presence, God's power will be so strong. He'll be right there for you. So I encourage you guys, smile today. When you leave this place, imagine the influx of Jesus that can come out of this place into the world, into your neighboring areas over here. Wherever you go, the waiters and waitresses that you're going to be in contact with, imagine if you came out with a smile. How many people would come back next Sunday telling Pastor Steve, hey, when I left church, man, I was able to witness to blame, 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 this so-and-so. And check it out. I think they're coming to church. I mean, that's what it's all about. The Bible says, he gives us one command. God, Jesus says one thing. Go and make disciples. He doesn't say go, get yourself set up, get yourself a nice house, get yourself a nice car, make good money, do all this, and then come to church. He says just go and make disciples. And what better way to make disciples when you're smiling, when you're excited about life? People would totally be open to that. So, one last video in closing after we pray here. And I just hope, I just challenge you guys to smile. Father God, I thank you so much for this day. And I thank you, God. Lord, we now know that as you test us, Father God, it's for our own good. As these trials that we are in, in the middle of, we're about to hit, Father God, no matter where it's going to take place, God, help us to have the strength to just dig down deep and say, God, thank you in advance for the outcome. Dig down deep and put a smile on our face and then let us just sing, sing songs to you. Just sing songs and rejoice and be excited about life. I thank you so much for what you're about to do in this church as the prophetic word has already been brought forth, Father God. Oh God, you take this church to higher heights, places where they never even dreamed or imagined it could go. But it's through your Holy Spirit and it's through these people that they need to go out and smile and give the love of Christ to somebody. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.